I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game podcast on my co-host, John LaRocca's birthday for another two hours. It is still your birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, did you do anything special today? Um, Yeah. Um, well, special, yeah. My, my parents came down from Auburn, and uh, we got together with my in-laws, and we had dinner, um, had some good laughs, and it was great. It's perfect. Perfect birthday. Um, so, obviously, we're going to talk about our two shows that we usually talk about on this uh, this version of the podcast. But there was someone uh, who passed away recently that I wanted to get your thoughts on, which was Tracy Smothers. He was around, you know, right when we were gigantic wrestling fans as as teenagers, and he would, you know, stick around. I mean, he he he's still he was still sort of in the wrestling uh, culture all the way to the end. Uh, but fifty eight years old, re- really sad. He, uh, I know he was sick, but fifty eight years old is so young. Yeah, fifty eight's way too young. Um, I first saw Tracy Smothers in nineteen ninety. Um, when he was, they did, when he debuted in WCW with Steve Armstrong as the wild eyed Southern boys. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, it's an exciting tag team, high flying team. Um, they actually had really good size. Actually, both men are really big guys, big, tall guys. And, um, they had a lot of energy and I remember just really good matches. I remember being like totally shocked when they beat the Freebirds in the opening match of Clash Champions and at the Coastal Crush, um, Clash Champions 11, that was in, um, June of 1990. I just remember being just like, oh my God, I can't believe they beat them. And they were on fire and then they had that classic match with the Midnight Express at the Great American Bash in 1990, which, you know, a lot of people were talking about that match when he passed. And so people who had never seen Tracy Smothers should watch that match. And they should because it's a, a classic matchup. And um, I always liked, like, I always liked them. And I was a fan of them. I, I enjoyed their few, the Freebirds. I used to laugh because I felt like they opened, like, every clash <laughs> from that point on to, in 1990 to with, with the Freebirds. Um, and they continued to wrestle Freebirds even 91 when, when they... You know, when Dusty Rhodes became the booker of WCW in January of 91, he, um, I guess they decided they were too Southern, obviously, right? The Southern mm-hmm. boys, they wanted to appeal to, uh, you know, everyone. So they changed their name to the, the Young Pistols. And it was just so confusing. And, <laughs> and, and from that point on, I don't, I don't think they really ever captured that momentum that they had in 1990 because of that name change because now they're from wyoming and yeah it was just silly and it got so they started falling down the rung of wcw because they weren't getting over they turned them heel and um 
that felt so unnatural. You know, Tracy ended up being a pretty good heel, but they just, I think Steve left and Tracy was left by himself in WCW for a long time after that. So, and then he, of course, you know, picked up in Smoky Mountain. Um, Jim Cornette brought him in as his top babyface, you know, and he had a great feud with first off at Chris Candido. They had a really good match. They had a good ladder match before, you know, ladder matches were almost on every show now, you know. Um, and I loved his uh, program with the Dirty White Boy, Tony Anthony, who's one of my favorite Southern heels. So um, uh, he's just an all-around good worker, and I never worked with him. I never shared a locker room with him, but um, just reading the people's posts on Twitter and Facebook and all the other social media platforms um, seems like they really, really just – Loved the guy, and he was always kind and passionate about pro wrestling and shared his knowledge with all the young guys coming up. Um, you know, I sent my condolences to Chris Hero, who was really close to him, and um, reading his stuff, you could tell yeah, like, he, he uh, created the one of the original GoFundMes for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so sad, you know, 58 to way too early. I know he was sick and had a lot of issues, but it's just, it's just, you know, it's sad. Um, so I can't, you know, it's, it, it, it is sad, but, uh, we'll move on. I am waiting for the observer cause I want to read, I want to read the story on him. I imagine it's going to be great cause Dave and Brian spent like the first 20 minutes on wrestling observer radio talking about him and, and it was really good. So we look really looking forward to that. Um, there was an announcement today that WWE and Netflix were going to produce a multi-part documentary on the life of Vince McMahon. <laughs> Wonderful. So my guess is that, and this is everybody, right? Like you see the Michael Jordan documentary that ESPN put together, and and, and Netflix had the uh, the rights, I think, internationally to to show that, and that just kind of took the pop culture world by storm for all you know all those was that five weeks or whatever so i would imagine that they're going to try to do the same thing with this vince mcmahon thing you know the i think Mm -hmm. the pro wrestling fans will be excited but it'll be interesting to see about the non-pro wrestling fans who sort of jump into this because they're like who's this crazy guy um Bill Simmons from The Ringer is going to be an executive producer on the documentary. Chris Smith, who I don't know, uh, who directed the Netflix uh, Fire Festival documentary, will direct this one. Smith and WWE will also be producers. This is a little hard one for me because you know that if WWE is going to be involved, you are not going to get the uh, 100% truthful story. I do hope that it is entertaining, but I, I just cannot fathom that I'm not going to be calling, you know, not just me, but all of us are not going to be calling like BS on a lot of these stories. But still, I think it can be entertaining. Simmons is a wrestling fan, though he is, uh, you know, I would say he's a pretty, uh, he, I wouldn't say he's, he's necessarily just a casual fan. He might be a little bit more than that. I know his son follows along, so... I'm interested. Like anything Bill Simmons does, I'm interested because I know he has an idea of how to do these things. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I, you know, it, it, this is so much better to me, though, than if it ended up on the WWE Network, which 
you know, I, I didn't really like that Undertaker one as much as others did, but you know, I, I think this is the right this is the right move. It is it is a way to explain this story in a way that may not be one hundred percent like the raw story, but I think it I think it'll be entertaining and and I do wonder if people who are not wrestling fans get a get a kick out of it because I, you know, Vince to wrestling fans is one thing, but Vince to non-wrestling fans, they have to be thinking that this dude is nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there'll be some stories stretched, right? Like like most documentaries are like that, though. I think, not, like, you know, I, I won't say a percentage, but majority, I would say. Well, Ken Burns is not doing this thing. Uh, yeah, He yeah. would not let Ken Burns <laughs> do this thing, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be entertaining, like you said, for us. Um, it'll be entertaining for the non-fans because... They, like you said, they'll be like, this guy's a nut. And they'll, and they'll believe everything, like, as it is on those documentaries, right? And, so. and, like, they're not wrong. This dude was trying to teach Rob Gronkowski how to fall from, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know, 20 feet in the air, 10 feet, whatever that was. And he did it himself. This dude is nuts. Well, he was like that, right? He was... Um he is. He he still is because he just this year he he's jumping off stages mm-hmm. to show, like you said, show Gronk how to do it. Um, when he started performing as Mister McMahon, right, and he would take these wicked chair shots, like just like the other guys, and these big moves. Because if the boss is doing it, then and not complaining, and you you should do it and not complain. So yeah, but the um, boss is nuts. He is nuts. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. I always remember those stories of, you know, him buying everyone drinks and like taking the heart foundation finisher. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What about the one where like, uh, he got drunk and he was, was with Nightheart and Hercules and Coco Beware or someone. And they, and he wanted to like start shoot wrestling with them. And I think, I think it's Hercules. He's like. Sure, I'll do it, and just messes up. And next thing he's like fired, and <laughs> you know he's like, or something like that, or it's just some kind of story like that. So, just just craziness, man. But um, it'll be interesting to see the what other stories they they come out of it, or if they if they they have, they're gonna have to cover the steroid trial, right? In '94, yeah, they have to. They have to. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're going to cover this story, Bought the territory buying, all that, you're stuff. covering that, obviously. You're covering taking Hogan from AWA mm-hmm. and the rest of those guys too, right? Yeah. You know, Bobby Heenan and Mean Gene and all those guys. And then you're covering the steroid trial, like you said. Um, you're covering, possibly covering him covering up Jimmy Snuka's murder uh, because Vice just did that whole documentary, so that story is out there, sort of for the casuals. Uh, not, 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 not about covering up, but basic, you know, definitely involved in in getting. I have a feeling they're gonna, they're not gonna, t- t- they're not gonna tap into that one. I think they have to. Is it only because we just saw it? Like, like if if Vice didn't do that, like I think they could have avoided it because it wasn't a well known story. But the Vice story kind of makes it i think part of the canon mm-hmm. um I, I, I bet some money they're gonna avoid that one i mean if, if if they do then i will definitely call it out because it is it is it, it should be part of the deal now um and then you know the ted turner stuff obviously is, mm-hmm. is going to be in there the you know i think you it'll be interesting how they tell that attitude era story because it is such a big 
part of what made WWE today. Like, you know, thanks to Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, like oh, yeah, Vince definitely. McMahon is a billionaire, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, that story. And then, I don't know, the the last 20 years of Vince McMahon, I don't know what you can tell because they have been pretty much a machine more so than, you know, peaks and valleys with, you know, other, other than the the audience on, on television dwindling. But... You know, I, I, I wonder if you just go to about 2002 and then the last episode is like, you know, the last 18 years of his career or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm interesting to see how, well, we know it's a, a series, right? So we don't know how many episodes or, or a limited series. So we don't, we don't know how, is it could be, I mean, it could be like eight episodes, right? 45 minutes each, I would yeah, think. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was thinking at least four or five. I think you got to mm-hmm. tell at least four. Yeah, five. yeah. I'll watch it though. I'm definitely will definitely tune in, and I'm the, I'm sure there'll be plenty of times where I kind of roll my eyes and also chuckle, but you know, but it's it's, and then I'll probably have people at my work come up to me. Hey, did you see that documentary on Vince McMahon? I can't I can't believe you did this and that, and blah, blah blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. We'll 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 see the Shane and Stephanie quotes. That'll also give us a little bit of insight as far as uh, you know what's really going on. Sure, we'll have John Cena on there. Um, they should. They need to get the Rock obviously. Oh, they got to get Rock in Austin, right? Austin, um, Triple H will be all over it. Um, uh, it'd be interesting. I want to see them. I actually want to see them cover like pre Attitude Era where business was down. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Bret Hart, uh, that whole Bret Hart yeah, Montreal thing is going to be in there. That's for sure. Um, and like to see them like. I know I don't know how Jerry Jarrett is right now. He's old, he's he's up there in age, so it'd be nice to get him because he took over. You know, I, did, I mean, I did that show with him. Mm-hmm. It was over a year ago, but I thought he was thought he was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think they need to talk to him about the steroid trial and how he took over while Vince was in um, on trial. So he took care of the business part and all the cuts they had to make. I mean, taking the for the coffee out of the titan towers like <laughs> waiting room and all that stuff like just li- those little little cuts they made and you know pulling back on smaller buildings running and all that kind of stuff that stuff's interesting to me i don't know if it's too i don't know if it's really sexy you know what i mean to cover but that kind of stuff i i want to hear about um all right so before we get to our reviews i just wanted to point out a few fights this weekend because boxing has been on and off. You know, we talked about the Lomachenko fight, but there are uh, three cards this weekend that should be getting a little bit of publicity. So you have Noya Inoue. He is uh, Bob Arum's Japanese superstar who they are trying to cross over into the United States. He is also one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in boxing. He's on ESPN Plus on uh, Saturday against Jason Maloney, uh, and then also Michaela Meyer is on that show. And then on the same night, so these guys are going, uh, these guys are going head to head on pay-per-view is Javonta Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. They're actually going to have fans in San Antonio at this fight. It's outdoors. I believe it's outdoors. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have a uh, Carlos Toro just wrote a preview on fightgamemedia.com if you're interested in his thoughts and uh, Robert Silva's thoughts on that fight. And then in London is uh, Alexander Usek versus uh, Derek Chisora. Usek is, you know, is, he's still sort of slowly uh, climbing the ranks in the heavyweight division, but he's fighting real guys now. And so uh, his, you know, they'll, they'll figure out, you know, he's, he's one of the 
the, in the mix of the four top heavyweights with Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, and Tyson Fury. So pretty interesting weekend of action for boxing. And then Anderson Silva and Uriah Hall wow. fight this weekend. Possibly Silva's last fight, though I think he's sort of trying to walk it back as far as whether he thinks it's his last fight or not. But that'll be a fun one. Eh, well, we'll see. Maybe may a fun one. But anytime Anderson Silva's fighting, it's kind of like you kind of want to watch because you never know if you're going to see him again. And that's a plus one as well. Is that on ESPN or ESPN Plus? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, let me see if I can figure that out while uh, while we do this. Um, so the uh, the last thing, actually, you know, why don't we go to a quick break? And then we'll come back and we'll start talking about those shows. Uh, indeed. So one of the interesting things about being in the pandemic is like you think about it, like if you were looking for a job, like how would you find a job right now? Like, you know, the inter- interviews are all sort of virtual and there's no office to go to. And then on the other side, if you're the company, like, you know, what what does that market look like of people? Are people being less risky in leaving a job because they know that it's 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 a little hard right now during the pandemic? If you have something, maybe you you stick with it. But uh, you know that in, indeed is kind of the solution here. Uh, the number one job site in the world because they get you the best people and fast and give you full control and payment flexibility over hiring. You only pay what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Uh, so they're offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. And uh, go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere for that free $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Offer is valid through December 31st. All right, so let's talk about some of these uh, shows that we just watched. AEW had Kenny Omega and Pentagon, and they had um, Wardlow... um, what, why am I blanking Adam Page. on Adam Page? Yeah, Warlow and Adam Page, and that was kind of uh, the you know the two marquee matches for that show. Obviously, Cody and, and Orange uh, Cassie for TNT title, and NXT had Halloween Havoc. So two really sort of different styled shows. Like usually, when I'm watching AEW, I, I, I've I've mentioned that oh you know this show like feels alive, like it feels really. You know, like Nitro-y, I think, is the, the one that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, Halloween Havoc felt that way to me even more so than AEW this week. So, it was it was a really fun night with the head-to-head battle, which Halloween Havoc won in the overall viewers. So, kudos to them. And this is kind of what happens when you book, like, two or three weeks in advance and you just hype things up and people are kind of excited. I'm sure the Halloween Havoc branding of the show and the wackiness that came with it. I'm sure that got people excited, especially because, you know, they, they do cater to that over 50 crowd. But I saw that the, you know, the 12 to 34 viewers were up uh, for this show as well. So goes to show you 
hype this stuff, you know, in advance, get us excited for it. And they delivered. I thought it was a really fun show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hype. I mean, hype the tentpole shows, right? Like hype three weeks in advance. Every show you can't really hype hype because. Well, you can at least give us like an idea of, of what's happening. Sometimes we, we don't even know until the day before on these NXT shows what the matches are. Love it. You kind of know, right? That they're leading to. I mean, at least I kind of, you know, feel it out. But um, I know sometimes they do put matches on later or announce matches a little later. But obviously, uh, some of it is because of changes, injuries. You know, the someone someone gets COVID nineteen, and then you got to switch stuff around, or someone gets hurt. They've had a lot of that this year. People getting hurt. Things mm-hmm. sort of out of Major control, injuries. yeah. Which Major I, which injuries. I, which I understand. Like that is understandable. But I think they do. If 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 we can see the this show as as an example, you know, we were talking about. I was talking about this two weeks ago. I was like, I'm not exactly sure. I knew what was going to be on this show, but I sure as hell know what's going to be on Halloween Havoc because they've been pumping that thing very mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do a good job of building up these uh, bigger episodes and. I think that's what the strategy needs to be, you know, going forward. And um, now, you know, things are going to lead into TakeOver November is what the next step is going to be. But, you know, after that, probably be another TakeOver. And, um, shoot, they could probably do in December. They can maybe – they probably won't do Starcade because they kind of use Starcade as a house show thing yeah. now. Um I don't know. That's still like a battable idea. Personally. I mean, battable would be fun for a one night yeah. show if you if you actually know what you want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. If it could definitely can lead to a new contender or you know challenger for takeover in January, and, and you know I think it's it's fun. They could do stuff like that. Maybe Super Brawl, or you know uh, they already did Great American Bash in July, which was a success. So um, I think it's okay using these old uh, WCW properties, and you know bring in some some new life to him and i thought they did a great job i thought the show was fantastic i was so entertained for the whole two hours um i I only had i only had two dislikes on this whole show and one of them was more of like a overall summary kind of thing but there wasn't Mm -hmm. any really anything that i thought was negative on this show yeah i have had none i have none of dislikes i really thought everything was really well done and the things that were a little wacky were kept kept short, which, uh, and uh, the things that were they're really focusing on was given time and delivered. And yeah, I thought this was like I thought it was a complete home run from uh, from for WWE. They need to if they're I mean they, Halloween Havoc obviously they need to do it every year now. It, it's for sure for sure it, it just has to happen. They Great American Bash was more so. Uh, by by name, like Great American Bash in general, there's not really a ton of gimmicks you can do with that thing. But it's but, perfect for July, you know, with the you know for July and everything. I think it's great. It's a great little summer big show for them. Yeah, but I mean, the great they could have called the Great American Bash Takeover Thirty Three, and it, there wouldn't have been any difference, right? That that there was it was it was a show. It was the marquee just for for the name, but this one. They really like everything that the, the, the way that they use the the Halloween Havoc gimmick is better than even WCW used oh, to yeah. use the Halloween Havoc gimmick. Well, that's what you should they do. They just you know? completely bought into the whole thing. And that's what yeah. I liked. That's what you should do. You should take something from the past 
and just, you know, put your own little twist on it and make it better. Like I used to do that with my booking on shows. I would, you know, find an idea that I thought, you know, I liked I liked it overall, but with a missed, I tried to try to do it correctly. Like even just a, a silly gimmick of the sexiest wrestler contest from WCW 1991 that just Tom Zink won. And there's that was it. He won, and that was it. I used it to start a, a major program for uh, between two of the guys I had on the roster. Um, the Black Scorpion angle, I create, I used that, and really well. I, I had a lot of fun with that. And um, so, you know, you could take stuff from the past and just just uh, improve on it. And I think that's what they did with Halloween Havoc with the spin the wheel, make the deal. And you know what about the about the whole thing is when it came down to the matches, I didn't even really care what came out on the wheel. And it's funny because on Monday, we're going to talk about the spin the wheel, make the deal from WCW 1992. And because of what came out on that wheel was sort of frustrating for that main event. But here, the presentation was so great. The overall theme of the show was so great. Shotzi was so great. When it came down to the matches, I was like, eh, I don't even really care what it comes up as. I just know it's going to be fun because they're completely bought into the whole thing. I even loved <laughs> Drake Maverick doing Hulk Hogan yeah. and Killian Dane doing, you know, Tugboat, Shockmaster. Yeah. Like, I, I was so into that stuff because it was so fun. The, you know, the, the only thing that would have been better is if that show was actually on Halloween Day. You know, that mm-hmm. is the only thing that could have been better about the way that they did that stuff. Yeah, a lot of the Gaga stuff they did was quick and and funny, actually, instead of, you know, stuff that's completely ridiculous. And But it's if you do Gaga and little comedy sketches, you do it really quick and don't really go too long with it. It's, it's definitely works for me, at least. And even in the, one of the matches on on Halloween Havoc, there was a, a comedy spot, but it actually was pretty funny. And um, and uh, that skit was funny. And even the uh, was the House of Terror match was, you know, actually really entertaining. I was not expecting to like it at all, but actually because of Cameron Grimes is such an entertaining character, um, he really made that whole segment work. And I thought Dexter Loomis was good in his role too, as well. I, I would say it worked for seventy percent of it. Now I'll t- I'll talk about the thing that mm-hmm. I didn't like when it comes to our dislikes. Um, by the way, two mentions of uh, Gaga. I took two two sips. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll I'll open. So I mean that was that was one of my likes was just the way that they just completely went with it for the whole theme. I just loved I loved that. Like, you know, sometimes when you would watch. Uh, raw do something for halloween or smackdown or they or thanksgiving like they're like ah, oh, we'll have a food fight and that'll be our, our our thanksgiving part of this but this show this entire show had the theme running the whole time so the, i love that part yeah yeah I agree. Um, okay so my first like is someone who i've been pretty hard on in this show and i still don't know how i feel about him and it's probably because I know him from real sports as well, but Pat McAfee's interview with his new tag team champions, badasses who are by his side, and Kyle O'Reilly comes out with Pete Dunne, and McAfee's interview was excellent. 
like I just thought he hit every single check mark that he wanted to hit, and I thought it was fantastic. And then you have Pete Dunn who comes out about as shredded as you're going to see Pete Dunn get shredded. And he turns on Kyle O'Reilly. And so now we got a feud and we got a match that I'm just super jazzed about. So we get a great interview. And down the line, we have a great match that I can't wait to see. Yeah, I thought uh, Pat McAfee had a home run with his promo. Um, he didn't skip a beat, didn't stutter, uh, c- completely convincing. I believe every word, I believe his character. And he's such a jerk. He comes mm-hmm. off such a, and you want to smack him. And he's such a great, great heel and a natural at this. I mean, God, figuring he, you know, from NFL to to pro wrestling now. I mean, he's just he's just like a like a fish to water. He's just taking it to really well and, you know, of course he did a great job with that uh with that match with Adam Cole. And I loved his explanation of why he came back and why he still has a score to settle with Adam Cole and now he wants to cause some chaos. I liked how he transitioned with they they mentioned they didn't something they didn't forget about with Ridge Holland. They 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 acknowledge it and mm-hmm. and you know and Ridge will be back and we'll see what happens with that in the, in a year or so. But they can definitely go back to that, you know. Um I'm glad he's back. I knew he's going to come back because I just figured like if it was a one-off, even after that one-off and he has such a successful debut like that, you're going to get the itch to do it again. And WWE is going to want him to come back to do it again. So, and I like the idea of putting him with um, Oni and Danny Birch. I think they were they're a great tag team that needs a guy like Pat McAfee to kind of give him some personality. And Pete Dunn, I was a little like, I was, I, was, I don't know because I've been watching Pete Dunn on NXT UK, and he's such a great baby face there. And he's been he's been ever since the return of NXT UK. Yeah, he's come back just shredded during the pandemic. And but you're you're adding one hell of a worker to this you know match with a lot of great workers. So the it's just going to add the up the match quality big time. Because yeah, and Pete you don't Dunn's really you know we, we don't really think of dream matches as much anymore because we've seen everything. You can see everything you absolutely ever want to see with as much wrestling as we can watch. But that came across to me as like a. Oh yeah, I actually really want to see this. I'm sure they've had matches before, but you know, not necessarily on this level. They've been in tags before on this level, but not for as far as I can remember, not singles matches. Yeah, yeah. Um and then Pete Dunn wrestled Cole at uh Spire Series last year. Right? That was the NXT heavyweight championship match mm-hmm. on Spire Series. And they had a a damn good one. So um yeah, it's gonna be a good program. I believe it's going to lead to war games usually the november takeover has been war games right so that's a hell of a match for war games so, is mac um, if he going to be in that match oh or is he heck another guy? yeah oh yeah he's, he's gonna, gonna be jj dylan he or better i mean jj dylan i mean no, JJ, I, I know he's not gonna be jj he'll be better than jj dylan but that might be the role yeah jj dylan was a great worker but he knew how to he's so he's so great that he knew how to work as a manager even though he's yeah. an accomplished wrestler uh but mcafee yeah he's probably he's probably gonna do a big stun i bet you anything he's gonna be doing something on the top of the cage yeah i can just see him wanting to do that and um vince mcmahon will probably show him how to do it probably. <laughs> actually vince won't be there if he doesn't really go to take the nxt no. stuff but yeah. but uh like, what, he'd be proud what's of him, the though. capital wrestling center he be he'll be he'd be proud of uh Pat McAfee. You be, he spot. better, he, Triple H better not let him see McAfee or McAfee's going to be on Raw. No, I'm sure he's seen him and I'm sure he's uh, excited about him, but uh, I can see McAfee pulling that big moonsault out. 
off the top of the cage and landing on everyone else. <laughs> you know, I don't hopefully, know. Cody, I hope Cody, so. Cody said that was the, the worst mistake of his, you know, of his AEW career was doing that moonsault. Yeah, but he, you know, Warlow was catching him, and Warlow's a big guy, but. <laughs> And that was a pretty high cage, remember? Yeah, yeah. He said um, it was higher. It is really, it was really high. So the NXT cage is not that high. Plus, they got the platform there with the, uh, you know, there for the put your feeding, so if your footing, so you're not going to fall. It's very safe. Um, and I trust those guys below to catch him. I couldn't do it. Nope. <laughs> I could do a jump off it maybe, but uh, I'm out screaming. But um, no moonsault for sure. No way. All right. What was one of your likes? I really liked the Rhea Ripley Raquel Gonzalez match. I thought that match so was great. really I good. I think that's my favorite match of the night. It was my favorite match of the night. It's just I knew it would be fun. I didn't believe it was gonna be as good as it was gonna be. And those girls just killed it. You know, they they you know, this is a compliment. I'm hoping, you know, don't offend any women listeners out there, but you know, they you know, they wrestled like men, right? It was very physical and compelling. And even though Raquel Gonzalez lost, I really think she just upped her game, upped her status. I think in that's that division. what everyone thought, which is okay. Where has she been this entire time? They're building to this, man. You just don't, you know, you don't throw your, don't show your cards at everyone. It's, 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 it's unlike someone uh, like AEW with Wardlow. Here they kept her off and and waited to a big moment for her to have, and and she hit a home run. And I think maybe this feud will continue somehow, some way. I, I don't think it's really over. I think it might be just the first step. Um, Would you I, even have had gonna, Raquel win? Um, I like Rhea winning, though, here. I like Rhea winning, and maybe she's thinking she's done with her. Maybe something happens where Raquel comes after her again. They could do maybe some kind of gimmick match, like take, take over or a rematch or, you know. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm okay with it. I think, I think Rhea was due for a, a big win on mm-hmm. a on a big show and this this was it and i really i really liked the match a lot um again that physical gonzalez was with her the whole time um ria's like good to see ria with someone that's an equal yep. in there in size um did you see that clothesline that she nailed ria with um it was like after the after the first break she just goes she just connects with the just a Bam, clothesline, just just drills Rhea. And I'm like, oh man, that was solid, right? That was you could I mean you could hear, you could feel it. Even the I think Beth was, you know, who's doing commentary at home was like, oh my God, because you know, <laughs> she knew how stiff that was. And right away, you know, Tom Caster, who's referee, he, you know, he jumped down there to check on her right away. Like, you know, one, two, near fall, checks on her, right? Um, and that's what you're supposed to do, you know. Now because that's their job, right? To make sure everyone's safe. Mm-hmm. Total contrast of AEW where they'll let a person be damn near dead. And then they'll drag them out of the ring and the referee will be like, worry about getting their uh, poses in and uh, pantomimes in. Um, so it's just a totally different uh, level in the WWE side when it comes to the referees. It's just cool to see, you know, that, you know, that happening. And, um, but yeah, that match was great and like a star like a star making performance for Raquel Gonzalez and I mean how can how better can it be so the other one that I had because this was on my list too is uh I I like the main event but the main event was like the crazy stunts to end the show with Candice you know going into that ladder the way that she did and you know they had a little bit of the uh, of the interference with the person in the screen mask but 
you know, I, I'm so glad. I actually thought, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, Candice might win this match. And then when I saw what happened, I was like, okay, I, I'm ha- I'm happy that Io won, even though she could have, Candice could have totally won. And then, the, you know, they set something else up. But uh, I, 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 I just thought, man, like those women really put it out there. Not, I, I don't know if I was, I mean, I was sort of scared at the, at the end there, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not, not, not in a, in a way where I was like, oh my gosh, like, why are they killing themselves for this TV match? But it was, it was crazy. And they both deserve major kudos for just, uh, you know, some of those things that they did in that match. Yeah. It's a, it was a big match and they definitely took a lot of chances. I'm not a big fan of the ladder matches and there were some moments that it was, this wasn't on my likes or my dislikes. I didn't. I appreciate the performance from both women. That that yeah, it's for, more. It was more spectacle yeah. than great match for me. Um, there's there's moments that kind of drive me nuts with all these kind of ladder matches where someone's can easily grab the ta- championship and they you know like at one point Candice is just like can easily grab it. And yeah, that like, stuff drives me nuts. It it and it drove me nuts here. That bump at the end that Candice took over the you know from the ladder all the way to the floor onto the other ladder. I think she got freaked out a little bit and she tried to adjust herself, but, and I thought she was going to miss the ladder to when she mm-hmm. started adjusting herself, but in some kind of weird fate, <laughs> she like lands perfectly mm-hmm. in a position of that, that closing shot of her like spread Eagle or, you know, on, on that ladder and that cameraman, like right on her perfectly. Like, I mean, you couldn't pl- plan a perfect landing, to, you know, for her to end up. It was just the way that, and I was so happy that EO won because I was a little nervous when Gargano, when Johnny Gargano won the, the North Korea yeah. championship. Yeah, really, I'm like, too. oh, they, they're going to do the Garganos uh, with, as a champions. But like, I'm, I'm just, I just really want to see EO and, and Rhea have that big one-on-one championship mm-hmm. match. So that's still alive for now, at least. So I'm, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. What, 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 what else was on your list? On um, the opener, Damian Priest and uh, Johnny Gargano. I loved this match. I thought this. I was at first. I was like, uh, ah, "Falls County, anywhere, you know." Yeah. What but, was the match called? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> <laughs> it was like some kind of like. Uh, oh shoot! What was it? Like it was just Falls County, anywhere, though, right? Pin, pin Falls. Yeah, Falls County. Anywhere, yeah, it had a it some kind of gimmicky like name, a wacky name. Yeah, but, I'll look it up. But I thought it was great because they used everything. They went all around the building. Um, but where everyone can kind of see in that building, too. Like, other than that one little hallway segment where um, they were going to, like, a break spot. But, like, um, like up that stage where Shotzi was, where the, 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 the wheel was at. Um, I liked that person, the scream ass coming out. I was, I don't like, I didn't want Priest to lose the title here. But the way he lost it. I think it's a good thing because, you know, it just adds some another chase for him. And now he's in a big program with Johnny. That's going to be interesting. Um, we'll see what happens there. And we'll see whoever this dad in the mask is. Um, will probably be uh, a theme going for the next uh, few weeks leading to takeover. So um, I thought this was great. I love the finish. I That bump, that, uh, that gimmick bump that Priest took where he fell into that was it a haunted houses yeah. thing or something? The way he came out of it, like and rolled out of it. So I don't know if there was like an angled ramp there. So once he hits it and there's like a crash pad there, he rolls out like right perfect position for like where he needs to be. And and Gargano came and got the pin. And um, I thought this is just tremendous spec, tremendous gimmick match. I thought, I mean, I just 
I loved it. I loved every damn minute of this one. Even the moment a comedy spot, which I talked about earlier, where he opens the, Johnny Gargano opens the casket. Now comes this dummy, and he gets freaked <laughs> out. And he just super kicks it. That's funny. That's 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 great. You know, it's not Butcher and Blade cutting up steaks while they're supposed to have a hardcore match at the uh, Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium, right? This is like this is a good. This was good. Uh, this was a good quick laugh. And you're over it, and now we're still going on with this uh, physical match. Okay, I didn't put this on my list only because, and this, and this, uh, this is my real, my only real negative of the show, which is there was only one match on the entire show where the Bullet Club didn't interfere in some way. I'm I'm kidding about the Bullet Club, mm-hmm. but there was interference or something happening in every match except for the Rhea match. And it's probably, you know, why I love the Rhea match so so well. And and look, the the interference in many cases it was for the betterment of the entertainment or to make sure that the babyface, you know, had a reason to lose or all of those things, but all of the matches had it except for one. So that was my one negative on the show. And if I was to think about this match versus the takeover match, A I think Priest is the goods. So Gargano beating him is not the end of him. You know, he's he's still got, he's still going to do something. But because I like Priest so much, I like that other match that the you know where he's a little bit stronger. He's not getting you know he's not getting hit with all this stuff and 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 it's a, it's more of a straight match and so it's just more of a taste thing. So I didn't dislike this match in any way. I thought this match was good, but I, I very much preferred their their takeover match. But that was sort of my negative on the show was the fact that, you know, pretty much every match had some sort of interference or some sort of goofiness or or something. And I think for the most part, it was okay and it was mm-hmm. entertaining. But I, I that, that's what stood out to me about that Rhea match. Was that thing was just straight on, no goofiness, and, and they had a, had a really good match. But it didn't take away from my overall enjoyment of the show. But it is the one thing that stood out. Yeah, I think the idea too with obviously the interference for Johnny Gargano to win, the interference in Candice LeRae and Io Shirai's match is to get people to go, oh, not again, right? Oh, not again. He's they're gonna their Gargano's gonna cheat again, but nope, it gets reversed on them. Io ends up winning, so I think that's the that's the 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 uh, the pushing the you know, the ups and down the roller coaster ride is mm-hmm. that they wanted but you don't be on so I, I thought the same thing i thought oh man they're gonna <laughs> it got me i was like oh man they're gonna take the belt off you <laughs> they didn't and i was happy camper um but uh yeah i thought these i like this match a lot because the psychology is really well done you know i mean obviously dame priest is such a big guy gargano's such a smaller guy but like as he had a cheat to get the advantage he had a cheat to take over you know take over on priest I love just the entrances. I mean, Priest looked like a superstar with that mm-hmm. uh, the rock, the the heavy metal rock music playing and the big entrance, the lights. Um, I thought Gargano. That minute I saw that big inflatable pumpkin, I'm just like, someone's going into that, mm-hmm. and then he cuts it down. <laughs> yeah, it's just perfect. Um, so uh, yeah, just a very entertaining night. All right, anything else on your likes list? Yeah, I you know I really liked. Uh, oh no, we actually covered everything, but I didn't put it on my likes. But I want to mention that 
house of horror whatever the match it was a, a match i thought oh this is gonna be the part where i'm just gonna have a headache if it, like i said i thought cameron grimes is such an entertaining performer he really pulled that thing together and made it entertaining and plus i thought they did a really good job of splitting up the match or you know quote unquote match a cinematic um splitting it up and having it really short segments compared to some long drawn out thing mm-hmm. just getting kind of tired of I it i think that i think that was the better way to go for sure oh for sure and i even thought regal was william regal was great um his little role because like it wasn't you know he's obviously telling him he has to do this match and yeah, there'll be consequences, but like he almost has like this. He had like a Vincent Price kind of demeanor to him, <laughs> so I thought that was really, really cool. Um, the Michael Hayes Gaga was that was just, awesome. I, I actually liked that a lot because I got a chuckle. It, here's here's why I liked it. You know, we've been watching uh, WCW yep, yeah, 1992, yeah, yeah. so I hear like I hear I think I hear the music, and I'm like, wait a second, is that Bad Street USA? Like I I think like it's it's muffled. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but I'm like, that's that's Hayes' music, right? And then and then when he came out, it was like, of course it's Hayes' music. So I popped for that moment yeah. as well, yeah. for sure. I want to get to a level where I get to show up at work and wear whatever the hell I want to wear, like Michael Hayes does. Like, what was he wearing that? That was like a whole like smoking pajama top or something like that. But then he had like the orange slacks to match it. God bless Purely Sexy, man. He's just, uh, he's out there. Having fun. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought, I chuckled. Um, just the stuff in the house was really well done. It was quick. Uh, I died when Cameron Grimes asked the referees this pinfall or submission because, like, <laughs> what is this thing? Um, I think this really uh, enhanced Dexter Loomis's character, right? Really, I mean, because it's harder to do. In matches, I think he kind of... I think some people don't connect with it, but here he he did a great job. They did a great job with a lot of the scenes and stuff, and um, and I like the that he got out of the house. I love that like coming out coming to the break. Like, is he heading back to the the to CWC? And he's like mm-hmm. running in the middle of the street, and uh, that was just that was good stuff. And then I like the fact that they just did a quick match in the um, in the ring and. You know, with the zombie girls, that was funny. And uh, one of the zombie girls is a uh, you know NXT um, um, student or rookie or Rita Race, a top you know level Brazilian Jiu Jitsu girl. She's the one that did a spot with him in the ring. Um, so that was cool to see. I found out later on her Twitter and Instagram. I saw that, so um, that was pretty cool. So she got a little spot in the show. So the only real negative other than some of the finishes that i mentioned for me was the finish of this match because i thought everything that they had done in the cinematch part of it not my cup of tea but at the same time entertaining for what they were doing because like, like you were saying cameron grimes just bought in 100 percent and so that was fun, and it was a little bit of like, um, like you said, it was is cool to kind of see it in, in snippets and like short segments. And then when they got in the ring, that's when I was like, ah, like I don't, I don't like it as much as when I liked the pre-tape stuff. Was it the fog or something that you, yeah, just a little like, too much? Like, like I, I enjoyed the goofiness when when you're sort of looking at it as 
oh, this is like a scary movie. Like this is yeah. a play on every scary movie. But the second you bring it into the wrestling ring, then it stops being a scary movie because it, then it turns into a wrestling match. And even though, you know, there was goofiness in the wrestling match, I was like, okay, for whatever reason, my mind said, well, now they have to have a serious match. And then the goofiness still was in there. So, like, I, I wasn't completely offended, but I did wish that they kept it in the cinematic aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see what you're saying. Um, I like this way, too, as well. I, I would like your the whole cin- cinematic would have been great, too. Um, I thought, like I said, this was short, too, as well. The in-ring stuff happened really quick. A couple moves in the ring, and finally he gets, you know, uh, locked into submission, and he's left lane. The little the end is kind of funny, you know, <laughs> like at at, Dave, at, Dave, uh, at Dexter Loomis looking right in the camera that that blank stare and then the end that that, that was, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, it was just that was just you know no no matter what as much as I fight Dexter Loomis they're just gonna keep putting him on TV so they should um, he's great I'm just gonna have to deal with him you know and just d- deal with him in these segments that I'm like ah oh, Dexter Loomis I cannot quit you. I think once he goes heel, you might might like him. I think because I think it's it's a unique. He's a very unique baby face, right? So, mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I I like I said, I thought it was very entertaining, and I usually don't like this kind of stuff. I will say this though, and another tip the hat to them. This was the best sit match they've done since the Boneyard match, in my opinion. You know, I think they've had a lot of misses, major misses with these cinema matches. I think. They did a good job. They this is the second best in the company's history. Mm-hmm. Do I want to see more? No, I don't yeah. want to see more at all. Few and far between prefer. And um, um, I could see if this was if Dexter Loomis is still on the NXT roster in a year and, and the show comes around, I'd watch another one of these. Mm-hmm. If it's, but I, it, guy, you, they'll have to put him with the performer as as a caliber of Cameron Grimes to really pull it off, though. Um, you know, because I like I said, I think the the MVP of the segment was Cameron Grimes all the way. That guy, yeah, for sure. I I hope, God, I hope they give him a, a North, at least at the minimum a North America Championship run because he's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's definitely a highlight. And you know, we talk about this sometimes, which is you, you'll you'll notice when they'll let some of the guys show their personality a little bit more. And the second they did it with him, it was like, oh. He's not just this wrestler I heard on the indies or in Impact or whatever. Like he's got a different. Uh, he's got something that I didn't even realize just because I didn't follow him very closely. And he's perfect for them. He's perfect. He like out. Okay, if you give him the um, the uh, the Brian Cage body, then maybe he's perfect for for Vince. But his personality is so perfect for what WWE does in sports entertainment. And, you know, I just want to keep him on NXT as long as humanly possible, just for my own selfish reasons. I know mm-hmm. he's probably hoping to go to the next level because he'll get a, a bit of a bump in pay. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, his kind of character, you would think that it would work in WWE, but I just know that it's working now in NXT. So I, 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 I want to see him stay as long as possible. And that's you know that's the thing that WWE doesn't get a lot of credit for. At least the I I hate the when people say like oh you know they don't produce anyone you know they all came from the indies and WWE doesn't produce anyone 
like New Japan does. And it's like, I just hate that because it's bullshit because they do. You know, look at Damien Priest, right? Take Damien Priest. Okay, but you understand what the argument is, is they take someone who's already trained and they shine them up. Well, that's, that's called, the argument. That's called training. That's continued training. They're, they're, they're getting their further education. This is like, yeah, there's a great baseball player that can play baseball right in college. But once he drafted by the Giants, now he's in the Giants system. Now he's a Giants product of the Giants system. Just like they WWE, they signed a kid from the Indies, like a Trevor Lee. Right now, they got him in NXT and WWE system. Now he's Cameron Grimes with all this personality, this great character. He is now a WWE product that they help create and work with him. So and help him in advance. Same thing, like I said, Damian Priest. Watch a Damian Priest match in ROH and watch a match in now in NXT. World's different, right? Oh, to me, what do you think he learned? Where do you think he learned? Absolute another level. Like he, like when I used to watch him in, in ROH, I was like, oh, he's he's really interesting. But I'm not sure uh, that I connect necessarily. And and the second he became Damian Priest, to me, mm-hmm. he was that next level. I think I think most people would be okay with that idea if WWE didn't then tell other people in the media that they're basically taking these guys from zero to you know to to what they are. Like, I don't think they ever. I mean, I don't think they say it like that though. That they they definitely want to take credit for. But they soup, should soup to nuts on these guys. They they can take credit for Charlotte and you know I don't know how many I don't know I don't know what Roman's Reigns did before WWE, but there are other guys where it's like yeah Seth was Seth Rollins was great before he came to WWE, so you can't really could, take credit for Seth. He they well rounded his game, but you can't really take credit for Seth being a really good wrestler because he was already a good wrestler. I think that's mostly what the people have problems with. Yeah, which is, I think it's, I think it's a bad move. I, I, I don't, I hate, I, I always hate when people say that. It's like it's, it's, they, they're helping these guys out big time. Johnny Gagano was just boring and plain, and look at Johnny Gagano. He says all his personality now. Um, um, we can get list can go on with all these indie guys how they improve and their wrestling in general has improved big time. Like I said, you know, even you know, even Finn Balor himself has said that. He's learned a lot from doing the performance center. Like, you know, um, my friend Tom Caster, who I never I would I would I never forget this conversation with him. And when he got some when he started doing WWE and he's like, I've been doing this for 15 years, John. I come here, I don't know shit. That's mm-hmm. what he tells me. And that's a lot of these guys. They do a lot of moves, they do a lot, they got trained and they had matches for years on indies, but they get there. Now they're being taught how to work on television. That's a whole different game. Yeah, there, there's a definite polish to their work. There's a mm-hmm. definite polish to them being on television. Uh, for the most part, I would say they become better promos for sure. But there are also guys who seemingly uh, get lost a bit. And you don't know whether that is WWE's fault, whether that is their fault, whether it's because there's so many people at the PC and you just kind of generally get get lost but um you know i i mean i think for the most part i do i do agree with you that their entire game is uh what what they're really good at is taking someone who maybe has a deficiency and they figure out that deficiency and they polish them into becoming a more well-rounded person or more well-rounded wrestler the problem is and here's the real problem which is when that person eventually gets to Raw, 
they then sort of uh, emasculate them or they like, you know, pants them on on live TV and they go, okay, you're not really good. Now I'm going to, we're going to show how not good you are. And that, and, and if you look at it from that perspective, then I could see the arguments, but on NXT, it's a, it's a much different story because NXT really uses these folks really well. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the main roster stuff, we talked about that frustration for years now on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. And hopefully one day that will change. And I think it will one day when, you know, I think when Vince is out of the big chair and, Whoever takes over, I think I think we'll see the NXT guys used correctly when they come up. Because, like I said, it's we've talked about this all the time. Like, like I said, we how frustrating when NXT hands you a hot product mm-hmm. ready to go. You know, it's, well, I mean, our big one was Keith Lee, right? Yeah, yeah. And I haven't really been following the main roster. I mean, I didn't even watch Hell in the Cell. <laughs> um, so, oh, I, just, I was going to ask you uh, if you saw some of the matches on there. No, no, I was planning on watching at least the. F- Two of the Hell in the Cell matches, but I mostly I just wanted your so feedback on uh, the women's match because I mean, they, you know, we were talking about Candice and Io and some of the risks. There were some risks in that match for wow. those two as well. But I thought that was a, a pretty good match. I it was yeah, a really good match. Maybe I'll try to get get to it, but I might be just past at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm more excited about you get uh, watching. You're way behind. Yeah, I want to watch uh, Walter and uh, Elia Dragunov um, sometime this weekend. Um, I've heard they had a hell of a match, and and I'm not sure if they, I mean they might have booked it for my birthday. I'm not sure <laughs> they, they even do. Um, but even then, like that's another guy, Ilya Dragunov. Like I I was watching him on the um, I watched Walter and him from like Progress or something that's on the network, and you can just see improvements in his wrestling from then to NXT UK or NXT in general. It's just, um, you know, you can see them really fine tuning. That's what, that's what, that's what the PC should be, right? Um, it should be both from finding a rugby player like Ridge Holland, right? And training him to be a professional wrestler and accomplished professional wrestler. And, uh, and I think Ridge Holland, long he stays injury free after this, I think he's going to be a star. And um, then also take a guy like Trevor Lee, who I remember watching in Impact and on the Indies, thinking like, eh, he's good, but I don't see anything special, right? He gets to WWE, he gets to NXT, he becomes Gavin Grimes, and I just can't get enough of this guy. Mm-hmm. I want to see him every week, so. Um, that's that's just the beauty of the PC. I and I think I think a lot of people kind of just like throw like, oh, they already knew they're already good on the indies. Yeah, they're good, but WDB really fine tunes them and takes all their like you said the shortcomings. And I mean, God, I mean, shoot, just learning from those guys that has to be like a, a dream, you know, to learn this from that PC, all those all those great coaches and everything they give you. All right, so let's talk about this AEW show. But before we do, I want to quickly talk about Bet Online. John and I were a little heartbroken to see the Dodgers finally win another World Series since 1988. Well, they didn't win the World Series, they won the baseball championship. <laughs> the World Series will resume in 2021, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of asterisk titles and the the one thing that I say is of course, in 2020, the worst year of our lifetimes during a pandemic, the two teams that win 
the basketball championship and the baseball championship are the Lakers and the Dodgers. My most hated teams in all, you know, n- thankfully the Cowboys suck or that, that would have been the, tri- the trifecta right there for me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so the, the just, you know, the pandemic titles, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, we'll, we'll get through it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're, we're back in regular season, you know, the Dodgers fall short again, but damn, they're so talented. Enjoy your asterisk, Matt Del Rosa, you Dodger fan. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about bet online. No more baseball to bet on, though. You could bet on. Uh, I don't know if they have the futures out for next year, but I, I, if they don't, I'm assuming they will have them soon. Um, but we sell football, and football is smack dab. We are. I think this is uh, this would be week eight, so we're almost halfway through the football season. Like Jesus, feels like the football season just started. Um, but it's back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I heard the Super Bowl. I think for the Super Bowl, they're going to try to get twenty percent capacity in the stadium for the Super Bowl. Uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their. Season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, a division, and championship futures all day and every day. So check it out. Bet online uh, and take advantage. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That is BLUEWIRE, all in one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get through this AEW show. First of all, don't take a guy out just because he gives up a single. All right, he's cruising. Oh, you're talking about Blake Snell? God, I was so pissed off because the you know you remember um, Russell T's Dusty Baker. I well, yeah, that. no, but what I was going to say is uh, you remember when um, Mike Rotundo and Terry Taylor and uh, the you know Alexandra York when she would you know pop some things into the computer and there there would yep. be an outcome and then that's what would happen in the match. Like that's all that was. They were like, okay, you know, we got to plug in the algorithm. What does the algorithm say? You know, how many pitches we were going to go with this guy? And then we're going to bring in this guy. We're going to bring in this guy. And they just listened to the computer, man. That's the problem. Man, you know what though? I'm watching it, and even my, I'm just like, that's a bad call. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is why my, I just right in my head, I thought this is the one of those moves that ends up going south. You know, it's gonna, it just, and for some, I just felt it. I just felt it, and sure enough, and then, of course, the Dodgers win. And well, you know, we, we, I mean, we get to see Bochi go to Bumgarner, and Bumgarner, after throwing a complete game, come back two days later and throw like five more innings. Yeah, so yeah, it's just a yeah. different. It's a it was it's a different sport six years later. Definitely. Okay, so AW. Um, well, I, I liked the NXT show a lot more, but there was some things on this show that I liked too. There were some things that I didn't like, but let's start with the likes here. I will lead off. Uh, Omega and Pentagon wasn't as good as other times that I've seen them wrestle, but I still thought it was a quality main event. You know, this this idea that Kenny Omega, you know, the, the cleaner guy, the, the superstar, the guy that we all thought he was going to be, is back and he's he's gonna face Adam Page uh, at full gear for this number one contender status. I like the match. I, I wouldn't say I loved it. Like like I said, I liked the Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez match a little bit better. But still, I thought it was kind of more where 
I want to see Kenny Omega. Pentagon is a, is a good opponent, um, but th- this was this is this is more of the Kenny Omega that I want to see, and I thought they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I had this as my only like, but then I watched it again today, and and I and I raced it. <laughs> I I don't know why I decided to watch this twice. You know why? Because I was kind of tired. That's why I was I was kind of you know just kind of keep my eyes open watching this main event and. Maybe I should have kept it at that, but I decided to rewatch it. And um, at first, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see why you know this is on my going to be on my likes. But then, like, man, it's so frustrating. The Canadian Destroyer on the on the rampway, and he's fine. Like within minutes later or seconds later, really, um, the the <laughs> the arm breaking spot. Just, just leads to nothing, you know, and he's still throwing chops. And I know he registers, but come on, it's a, it's an arm breaking spot. Um, Penta should just throw that out there really nilly, but he does, which is stupid. Um, but um, I mean, and I was kind of like the uh, the Marty Skrull thing, right? Like, yeah, I hate that too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's for the pop, and and with fans not there, it's probably not as. Uh, impressive with the fans not there but it is meant to be like this sight gag like a like a magic trick in the middle of a wrestling match like if i'm booking aw and i got penta and my first meetings with him like hey i know you do this arm breaking spot you can't do it until i tell you because we're not we when i'm going to allow you to do it is when we're going to build to something big out of mm-hmm. it right um same thing with Marty Scroll, like you know, I, and he, I think he first did the juniors tournament, and he's like every match he's breaking everyone's finger, and it's like they're they're fine the next day, and I just hate that. So um, you know, I just thought, I just thought the it was it was good. It was the best. I guess you know, this I would say it was the best thing on the show personally. Um, the like I said, this show I I was really disappointed in the show. I was really I was maybe I was just too hyped coming out of watching Halloween Havoc. But um, I mean that man. That's why I was let down by this one because I was hoping this was going to be good too, and um, just a, just a lot of lot of misses on this one. So go with your go with your your likes. I, I, the rest I will of it. I will finish off the likes. So the Cody and Orange match, I do I did not like the setup at all, and the setup does doesn't make any sense. They didn't explain the situation in mm-hmm. any way supposedly you want to keep the dark order out and then they're lumberjacks and it's so that whole part didn't make sense the thing that i liked about this match was just the energy um i liked the uh you know they're they're trying they have to use creative ways to 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 keep the bell I'm, I'm not sure why they went back to this match because cody had to win in order to face darby so i was sort of looking at like what is the way that this is going to happen so they used it to set up I don't know if I would use the Dark Order guy to set up a match with with Orange Cassidy. It feels like a little bit of a letdown for him after being with Jericho and then being in the buy-in at the next pay-per-view. But there was there was good energy when I watched it live. I thought, okay, not the not not my favorite style of match, but they they had a lot of action, and I could see if you're a casual fan and you're watching this. Like there's so much stuff going on at once. Like you just don't want to turn away. And I think some of the strategy when it comes to their TV ratings is like, okay, how do we keep these people? I think some of the strategy is, you know, we we can't necessarily go to a slow spot because that's when 
you know, the, the casual fan turns away. So we have to keep things at such a high pace. And I thought that both of those guys kept their, uh, kept things going at a high pace and, and did so in a way that I, I wasn't bored in any way. Yeah, this is on my main, this is my main dislike of the show. Um, I did not like this match at all. Um, the psychology was all bad, all wrong, all ass backwards. Um, I liked, I did not like the build up to this damn thing. I, it the made build no up sense. Is terrible. It, it was now, awful. If, if this was Lumberjack, first of all, they didn't really try to, inter- they, they, they showed up to kind of, cause some chaos they really interfere in them the first match i'm trying to remember you know out of the first match the dark order i don't remember them really getting that involved the to have to have this uh lumberjack match but it was like a lumberjack match a la sting rick flair great american bats 1990 where the dudes with attitudes are trying to keep the horsemen out of interfering in the match and it made sense but the dark order were the lumberjacks Mm -hmm. right and so the psychologists, who they want to win, who are they taking advantage of to who they want to come out of the champion or it, it made no sense. And then it got completely ridiculous. Like, well, put me over the top is the spot where Orange Cassie goes, does like the trust fall and the best friends catch him and they put him back in the ring and then Cody does it. But then the best friends drop Cody. Right. And then Cody gets in a shove match with Trent. And then Trent takes a cheap shot like a heel? Like, what is going on? Trent and the and Chucky are in a feud with Miro and Kip Sabian. And they even shoot some stupid segment after this with them. And so is this is this building to Trent and Cody? No, because now it's building some some stupid six-man tag match uh next week. You know, it's just completely stupid. Like that was a, just a dumb stupid spot and, and like you said this sets up little john silver versus orange cassie on the buy-in like oh my god they could have done they should have had cody versus anyone else a lot of people are going to go nuts for that match though who their entire audience oh well good for them enjoy enjoy it i mean i i, I don't see whatever that, but i'm not like i said i'm not a big fan of that Orange Cassidy, anyways. I don't, you know, but it's just this match was just like I said. The book, the, the psychology was just completely. And Cody was like, "Who's the heel?" Cody, uh, there, there's this, this, there's that stupid superplex, the floor where everyone's just waiting for them and just everyone's just messing around. No one's taking this seriously. Um, at least Cody sold the the stunner. Finally, that was nice. <laughs> the stun dog stunner, whatever he calls that. Um, yeah, it's just uh, this is, I, I'd rather see Cody versus someone else, or even even Dar- I wish I, I want to see Darby have a match on the show and win, you know, over someone um, to build to Cody instead of having. Yeah, you know, it's just whatever, I guess. But yeah, it wasn't one of my. I think this this was a pretty bad segment all around. Okay, so the other thing that I liked was uh, Serena Deeb and Layla Hirsch. I liked Layla Hirsch. Like, she was really mm-hmm. interesting. She's like this spark plug. I don't know if she was like f- even five foot one tall or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Serena Deeb just wins the NWA championship from Thunder Rosa. So she comes in with the NWA championship. Layla Hirsch comes in. I don't I don't think I've ever seen her before. Oh, she's on Bloodsport. You just watched? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that's where I did see her then. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, 
I don't know where she's from. Um, yeah, I, I like her pedigree. You know, little amateur wrestler uh, built solidly. Those JR kept calling her Ivan Putsky, and I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Ivan Putsky was short, but he short was like jacked to the gills. Like, yeah, yeah. She was a. She's like a. Um, I don't know who who's like a mini a mini Brock build. Like mm-hmm. Tank Toland or something. <laughs> yeah. That ref, mini Brock from UFC. Yeah. So, uh, but, but like, yeah. I, I, I just, I thought, you know, good way to showcase her. I'm very interested in what Layla Hirsch does now. Serena Deeb looked great. I, I just really like that match. It's, it's very different from your normal women's match in AW. Yeah. 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 It was good. Um, yeah. I didn't have my likes, but, um, I like Layla Hirsch too. I like her, like I said, I like her pedigree. I like her potential. Um, Let's see if they sign her. <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, they, she can get swooped pretty fast, right? WWE, you know? And, oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I could see them doing really well with her and, and, you know, find out, you know, see if she has some kind of personality in there. And and she's really green, so she definitely needs a lot of a lot of work in the ring. So, um, but yeah, Serena Deep is a great, you know, leader in there, great veteran. So they had they had a good good match as you know, so go you know go go figure. Serena Deeb's having the best women matches on the company. Um, I guess if we get a Hikaru Shida Serena Deeb match, I, 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 I'm much more excited to see that match than Nyla Rose and Shida. I know that's three. they they went right to to that for full gear. I, I was hoping Serena Deeb, but um, the last thing that I liked, and and it's not necessarily that I I like the fact that they've kind of put a little bit of a pause on Will Hobbs for a few weeks now, but. They kept him on the show. Taz did an interview where uh, a little video package of Will and what he did on on uh, on their dark show. But I liked that they like Taz didn't have a big a big part of this show. But I like that the focus was still on Will. It's like, hey, you know, we're we don't have room for him on this show, but we're gonna you know we're gonna do something that sort of reminds you that we're still doing something here with him. It, you know, it's not going to be on this show, but, you know, it reminded me. And I thought it I thought, Will, he comes across as like a, a, a big deal as much as you can when, you know, when he's still wrestling on dark. So it's it's an it's a little bit of a um, it's a little bit of a a weird balance with that. And I'm assuming it's because they, they don't have enough time to, to tell all the stories that they want. But I did like the way that they produced that package. Um. Yeah, I, w- I just wish he wasn't out there for the lumberjack match later in the show. I, w- I think it would be nice if we don't see him because we're waiting for an answer from him, or at least Taz and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks are waiting for an answer from him. But you know, that later on, Will Hobbs is just out there looking confused, <laughs> and that lumberjack match, a lot of those guys were looking confused uh, in there. So, um, in that match, so I kind of, I would kind of was hoping that I, if I was, if, that, if you're gonna do that kind of. Thing I would leave Will Hobbs off the show, and um, but what, what's but I'm what they're building to him joining. I think probably wouldn't be a good move. Him feuding, it would have to be a start because Cage already beat him, mm-hmm. right? Clean, and so what's the you know he's gonna turn him down. They're gonna attack him, you know. So I don't know. It's at least at least Will's involved in something. I know Tony Tony Khan's really and Cody are really high on Will, which is great. And Tony Khan sees Will as his his guy, right? Mm-hmm. His guy that he picked and that he's like, I'm gonna, you know, this is gonna be my guy. I'm gonna do something with. So that's cool. I and mean, he's in a good spot with that. So let's see if Will can do it. I, I really hope so because I really like that guy and 
you know, with working with him for many years and he's a good kid. All right. So let's talk about the negatives on this show. And since you haven't talked for a while or you haven't led one of these off, I'll let you start. Um, I did not like, gosh, my goodness. Let's start here. Oh, the next match. I didn't like Eddie Kingston and Matt Seidel. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Too long. It needed, I mean, it's, you know, he's going for the title. He needs to be put over strong, Eddie Kingston. He doesn't need to have back and forth match with Matt Seidel. He needs to thrash someone and submit someone, right? And make someone, force someone to say, I quit, but not a guy like Matt Seidel either. Like, why put Matt Seidel in that position to look like a geek? This is where, you know, you do, you throw Billy Gunn's kid in there. Mm-hmm. And, that's where, and that's who gets me. Griff Garrison. A Griff Garrison. Maybe like, Maybe a, a segment where it's multi guys, right? Multi job guys, or he's going to beat multi. He's going to show different ways that he can submit John Moxley, the bulldog choke, rear naked choke, uh, uh, arm bar, you know, guillotine choke, standing guillotine. Like he could have like beat a couple of guys, you know, like that, a couple of job guys, and cut a promo because that's what he does the best is his talking. And, you know, I thought that match would have been fine if it was, you know, wasn't building to, you know, Kingston having a title match the next pay- at the pay per view. If it was just a regular match, oh well. But like here, he's going for the pay per view. He needs to be put over strong. It needs to be a short, decisive victory over someone. But yeah, it's just I couldn't believe what they're just going back and forth. He's going back and forth with a guy that fell off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Start press. That's, that's exactly, the only thing. That's the first thing I thought about. That's the only thing we've seen that sold out really do. <laughs> I know he was on. Um, late night dynamite but i mean yeah. a lot of people didn't watch as as they you know as other shows so yeah, he has only really uh, been featured on the main show so no i i was 100 percent on that especially after the moxley pay uh, after the moxley uh interview Promo. right yeah so he does the interview and then you're like oh like you know kingston i would have loved to see like even if you know maybe to 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 keep a little bit of heat on Seidel like maybe Seidel comes out hot and does like a move and all of a sudden you know one one of one of the cronies like just grabs him and then quickly Kingston does a, a few bad guy things and then puts the choke on like at least like 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 you said it's I didn't want to see him go back and forth with this guy if he's the number one contender because in my mind Mo- Moxley and uh, and someone on on the heel side at the level of Matt Seidel Moxie probably goes through that person fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, it should be a quick, decisive victory over some geek or maybe someone of like lower credibility, you know, like a, a lower mid card Bayface, whoever that is, you know, in that roster. Um, yeah, it's very frustrating because I because knowing what we have coming up, a big championship match um, at the pay per view. So uh, the Wardlow match, the opener. That's there were there were things that were okay with it, but I don't like the fact that obviously Wardlow is hasn't wrestled a, a, that often, right? He's not a veteran, and so I wish that they would put the match together to take advantage of the things that he's really good at because he is a pretty good athlete. But then you have other stuff that I know that he's not really great at. And sometimes, you know, in in this match, there were things where I was like, ah, oh, that looked really bad because it was Wardlow and, and Adam Adam Page not really having great chemistry. Like there was two things that stood out right in the beginning of that match. They had the camera right behind the corner. And so Wardlow's about to 
chase uh, Paige into the corner and like give him something in the corner. And Paige got out of the way. I swear to God, there were like two seconds left and Wardlow still had to goofily run into the corner and bump his head on the turnbuckle or whatever. I was like, he he left so long ago and you still are going to run into the corner like that. And then there was one on the outside where I think he was going to run run him into the into the steel post. And then Paige kind of reversed it. Wardlow was running so slow. I thought gravity and momentum was going to stop him before <laughs> he hit his face on that steel post or whatever he hit on the steel post. Like Those are the things that, to me, when I see stuff like that, I just get sucked out of the match no matter what happens after it. And, and the only thing when I'm watching this match, I'm just going like, God, like, why do you do those things knowing that it's a timing thing and it's a chemistry thing? And it's not like these guys have wrestled a hundred times so that they know each other so well. Like, just do the stuff that he's good at so that when Paige wins, they both get over and and, and, you, and you still get to the solution that you want. I just, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, oh, Wardlow's a goofball. I don't, I, I'm out of this match completely. Yeah, my issue with this, I don't think Warler should have been in this tournament at all. I think you still need to keep him special. You need to keep him as a mystery. Um, I did not like just a pre-match interview with Wardlow and MGF teasing um, conflict that, you know, obviously down the line, yeah, Wardlow turning on or, yeah, turning on MGF becoming a babyface should be a money thing, right? A big money thing. Like, they're doing it too early I don't. I don't mind the teases because it's almost almost like they've been teasing this since, like, since they got together. They've sort of been teasing it. So I don't really mind the teasing. Or the first tease was before MGF Moxley, right? So I was like a July, but like they, we still need more history between those two to make it mean something. I'd rather wait a whole year at the at the least, maybe even a year and a half. To get history between these guys, so when it does happen, it means something. Um, I mean, the idea of him like winning the championship and giving it to MGF is a great idea, but not now, later. Um, and now he's losing to Adam Page. Where you know, I don't think it's time for Wardle to lose like that. It's not. It. I think he should be like I said, a mystery. He should win a match here and there when it's like a tag situation. MGF maybe possibly. Um, same thing with like, you know, Big Bubba, basically, you know, like he, you would wrestle here and there. I think like when Cody did his match with Wardlow, that was, that was good. That made, that made, you know, he was a mysterious character. He's, he's going to be able to, how he's going to be, and he ends up shining in that match, right? So I think here you, you keep him off. And I just think it's just inexperience from everyone involved and mainly Tony Khan, who's booking it. Like I know he, he sees this idea of like Wardlow is this big baby face and, and, um, which I do too. I think he can be, you know, but I think you do it. I think you do it sometime in 2022 instead of, you know, 2021. All right. What else on your dislikes? Oh gosh. The, uh, FTR young bucks segment. What the hell that was? Um, Who's the bay face here, Garrett? Explain to me. What's Wait, going I mean, on this here. is our problem with the whole thing, right? Is it's, you get the bullies and you got the jackasses all in the same match. Yeah, she, she, yeah, you got well the FTR. You know they break, quote unquote, well, they injure 
I think it's a high ankle sprain that's been going around here in the Bay Area lately. So mm-hmm. um, the high ankle sprain has hit uh, in California, Southern California now with Matt the, Jackson, Matt Raheem Jackson, Mostert, Jimmy yep. Garoppolo, Wilson Jr. You know, so yeah, they're all getting high ankle sprains. So um, so he's gonna be he's he's gonna wrestle. So great, I'm glad we did that ankle injury because he, he's gonna be able to wrestle <laughs> no problem next week. Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm gonna be there. So that's that was fun to do waste of time and and then this i mean to me the bay faces are ftr really i they come out i mean i want to see them win i want to cheer for them because the young bucks they're, not, Matt win, Jack, they're not winning based off what the stip is in this thing what is the dance well i forget what it was that now now remind me how stupid okay it was. so okay so the, there there are there are two main things i hated about this one you're we're supposed to have this sit down interview oh yeah they're gonna split up that's right. That's so so okay. So, who who do you have on the roster of your announcers who are awesome at this kind of interview? You have Tony Schiavone mm-hmm. and you have Jim Ross. So instead, you have Excalibur sitting there in the mask, slouching, and his gut is hanging out Skinny with fat. his T-shirt. And I'm just like, how am I supposed to take this seriously in any way possible? And maybe the maybe I wasn't supposed to take it seriously. So I was done the second that he was doing this. But yeah. the other part is that they did the same exact stipulation that Cody did in the yep. Jericho match. Yep. Same so, thing. So obviously we know that, you know, Cody is he he didn't go back on that stip. Like he you know, he still has not had a title shot. That must mean they're going to win the match. Like I, 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 I'm okay with this dip. If they have the first match, FTR wins and the bucks are just fed up. They're like, you know what? We need one more shot. FTR is like, Nope, you got to wait. And then we wait for another two months and then they come back and they go, okay. The only way you can have this match is if we beat you, you're done. You never do this again. Then I'm fine with that match, the stipulation that they did. But doing it now in their first match ever, not only are they copying the Cody thing that they just did last year, but it just seems like the 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 natural storytelling of a big match is just like it, it is all out of whack. And this just adds to it being all out of whack. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. They're just going. They're, they're putting a heavy stipulation on their first match. I mean, no, I don't. I'm surprised even FTR didn't say something about this. Like, hey, let's 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 we can extend this thing, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just, it was just a bad. Like you're, you're right, Excalibur slouching, skinny fat, some wacky in t-shirt. a mask. So in I a can't mask. like see his eyes. I can't see his mouth. I'm supposed to relate to this guy as an like, interviewer. And they expect the casual viewer to understand that they've had history together. You know, we've had history. Like, what is it? You know, was it playing <laughs> playing wrestler in the backyard? Was it uh, Lincoln Longs when we were kids? Like, what's the history you're talking about? Um, it's just it's just, just stupid. I And Matt Jackson, like, he's... I assume the Bucks are supposed to be baby faces. And their exp- explanation of what they've been doing, or out of their frustrations, like... So, so they don't, I don't think they had an idea. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do. I don't know. They're trying to be clever, but they're not. You know, it's just, uh, 
like I said, I've this is the here comes. I've been seeing these cracks for months now, and it's it's creatively, man. They're just they're just sputtering along, and um, I'm really curious about 2021 creative and AEW. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see because it's tough. It's tough to book this stuff. It's tough to book weekly. It's tough to be creative, and we'll see if Tony Khan what he. If he learned from anything from 2020 and how he applies to 2021 and or he just continue to make mistakes. And, you know, there's a lot of smart people there, which I, I don't understand why either someone doesn't want to say no to the boss, which most likely everyone's just kind of happy, probably collecting checks. But someone needs to say something. So I asked a really smart person just that question that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, you got Arn in the back. You got Tully. You got Dean Malenko. Like, how come, you know, some of this stuff is not a little bit more sensical? And the person who I will not name said, when you're getting a paycheck, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to rock that boat necessarily. That this, this isn't them saying that they know exactly what's going on. But they said, what you have to realize is that this is not your company. This is their company. You are there to help. But you're also not necessarily there to rock the boat and ruin your own situation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I understand that. But there has to be someone that he trusts. Has to be someone he can bounce ideas off of that he trusts. That's going to give him the real. You know, that's that he needs that. He needs that. I think all great bookers had that. You know, I'm sure Eddie Graham had someone he can talk to. You know, I'm sure Bill Watts had even had someone he could talk to. I mean, Ernie Landon was a genius. So, like, I'm sure Ernie was a guy that he can bounce off ideas with or and help fine-tune his idea. Um, I had guys I talked to. You know, if I had something that was kind of like, oh, man, I think it's good, but am I missing something? I would run, I would run it to get to Tom, you know, or, or my buddy JJ, um, especially when it came to the match part of it, the psychology of the match. But in the overall booking, I would kind of talk to Tom about it. Um you know, like I said, there's there's guys collecting checks. I'll tell you a story. I'm not gonna name names because I can't. But just recently, there's a, there was a match, and they had an agent, and the agent was signed to a match, and um, the agent, you know, he doesn't even put the match together. It's the one of the guys in the match puts this match together, right? And so the match happens. The agent is not even watching the match. The agent is talking to his people in the locker room. He's just BSing, having a good time, laughing, laughing. Well, outcomes after the match is over. The uh, just young, young, inexperienced kids in this match, right? And they go up to him. They go and they go, "Hey, how, how was it? How do we do?" And the agent goes, "You know what? I watched it. I had no critiques. You guys look great, look great. You guys are doing a great job." <laughs> He's just collecting a check, dude. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, but like I said, but it has to be. God, there has to be someone that Tony can just you know has to. There must be. There must be. But maybe that person is not the right person. Maybe they find someone else that's, you know, because, because um, you know, a lot of stuff's, you know, a lot of stuff's falling through the cracks and and he needs to tighten up his booking. Well, this, you know, we can critique what we see. The proof in the pudding is, you know, how TNT sees it or as far as mm-hmm. what this pay-per-view is. You know, if this pay-per-view is down from the last pay-per-view, then, then they'll have clear 
uh, data. But if it's up for what you know for whatever reason, then mm-hmm. you know maybe, then 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 maybe they think that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And in some cases, they may be doing what they're supposed to be doing because they are still doing a good job with that demographic. You know uh, that they, they, you know they're they're still doing okay there. So you know this is this is sort of based on you know your. You, what you were raised in and how, how you sort of understand it. And for me as a viewer, you know, I will admit, for the most part, I still am excited to watch this match, but I'm also pretty hard on it because I just want to see it. Uh, I want to see them just, you know, just be a great competitor so that we can just see NXT and AEW just be awesome every Wednesday. Yeah, you know, that's, it, was, it was funny oh. because I, I was talking to... Um, Big Dave on Wrestling Observer Radio, and I was just telling him like I, I feel kind of bad as a fan to completely just go. You know what, Raw SmackDown, I'm just gonna you know follow on the podcasts and follow in you know whatever the write ups are. I feel bad like as a wrestling fan, I go God, you know, I shouldn't be doing that, but it it is my only way that I can protest those shows. And what has actually happened? is that Wednesday night has replaced Monday night as wrestling night for me. And I find myself excited for Wednesday night to see the competition. And I don't even miss Monday night. I feel bad about that, but that's kind of how I explained it. Yeah. And I think too, it's just, I'm just extremely busy now. Like, like, and I'm really before when I was, you know, single, had no kids. Like, I would bet you right now, if I was had single, no kids, I would still be watching Monday Night Raw right mm-hmm. now. I would probably just do it out of habit. Um, now that I have kids and I'm married and my, you know, tired and <laughs> it's just like, you know, I watch four hours of wrestling on a Wednesday night. You know, it's like I have to like balance it, uh-huh. and so. It's just I use that Monday night now to spend more time with my wife, try to watch shows together, maybe a movie. Um, like we've we've really <laughs> we've come together and really got the kids going to bed earlier now. It's just oh, been a great we're starting thing. these podcasts earlier. We're starting these pod not stop, not tonight. Tonight is different. It's my birthday. The family is over. I got my parents in the other room probably listening to me talking probably they probably want to sleep but i'm just <laughs> talking wrestling it's all right we, we we watched we had to watch the full two hour episode of this is us so it worked out we finished literally okay, like 10 minutes before 10 so okay i'm glad everything's working out but like you know like i just it's just it's just a balance now right like he and i like and it's like hey i'm gonna throw everything not just because of the podcast i think if we didn't have the podcast i think i would still be excited for wednesdays mm-hmm. still so yeah i i just think i also think because like i said our time management has gotten gotten better right when yep. we have the priorities are better yep. so yep totally 100 percent um okay so what else what's left on your dislikes list before we get out of here i did not like the the town hall meeting i was gonna ask you about that because i thought it was cute because i saw that they're kind of making fun of the debates with uh trump and uh and biden but overall i thought it was a little bit too cute to get what they were getting to which was this match with jericho and mjf and i was like no i don't want to see that match yet like no. you know do do it do uh um you know keep, keep it going like i want to see you know these these things uh every week but now they're actually getting to a match so quickly which 
you know, Jericho's not a dumb guy, so I'm sure he's got a plan. And, you know, I'm sure MJF ha- has a plan as far as, you know, his character. But I was just like, ah, oh, I wish they would have extended it, you know, until whatever the, the next pay-per-view is after this, because I really enjoy yeah. what they're doing now. Even though this was not a home run in any way, but still, I just, I was like, ah, oh, we're getting the match at full gear, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that. It, the steak's still cooking on this thing. We don't want to eat it now, right? So why are they doing this match now between them two? If it was like Sammy, you know, maybe, you know, because Sammy has an issue, but I still that needs to that needs to to uh, marinate more, right? I think that. I think it, it should have been a, a situation. I don't know who it could have been. Actually, it could have been instead of the best friends feuding with the, the gamer guys, um, the gamer job squad, I'm going to call them. <laughs> um, they, they should be feuding with Jericho and MGF and maybe even Sammy, right? A situation where they kind of have to come together. Now we need MJF or we need a team up and then this is going to be something that's going to prove your, you know what I mean? Just something to, instead of a, the, the, the main match we want to see between Jericho and MJF, we want the, them two to finally explode and clash. It's match one already? I, I, I think Tony Khan really wanted to overload this show with these big matches. Like, for example, like, he could have just really just gave us Paige and Omega quick, you know, quickly. And instead of this tournament, that was a lot of a waste of time. Like we all thought, like we all knew it was going to go to same thing with the FTR stuff, this brush of greatness stuff. Like it's like, just give us young bucks and, and FTR. And, and, and I think, I think here it's like, wow, I just was completely shocked that they're rushing this thing. Um, and he's gonna like well we'll see what happens if it's maybe it'll be great maybe NJF's gonna do everything he can to prove himself in you know um, but now there's the next week there's a match right Ortiz and Sammy versus uh, MJF and Wardlow so we'll see how that ends up um, I don't know I just I I don't like I don't like what they're doing and it it's really irritating me because I was really liking what they were doing until the uh, the song and dance routine last week, but everything else leading up to that, I thought was uh, really interesting TV, tele- compelling television. So, and uh, I don't know. I will well, say, I'll, M- I'll MJF, give him a chance. MJF was still uh, really good it's at great. the end, sort of like, you know, how, you know, I, I've never done anything to you. Like, you know, why, why would you not believe in me? Like, that stuff was really good. But it was just getting there. I didn't like the fact that all of a sudden we're in this, like, we're in this wrestling environment and we all know who's on what side and and who's friends and who's not friends and now the wrestlers Britt Baker and Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus like they are supposed to care about MJF going to this team like I, 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 you know, I would have rather them do, you know, what they did before, which is the fake press conference where you have, you know, the the old uh, Bill Apters and and all those folks. You know, maybe they should have flown out Bill Apter to to do the segment, but something <laughs> like that, which would have been still cute and still funny, but then you don't have to include the wrestlers who, you know, who are supposed to be fighting these guys. Like, you know, why does Luchasaurus care? Like, Luchasaurus said, hate MJF and Jericho. Why does he care at all? Right when Luchasaurus showed up on my television in this segment, I was done. Yeah. I could see I that. Knew, I could totally I knew, see that. I knew this is just going to be a joke. And honestly, I was done after last week with this, really, because 
that was a total joke. And then here we come back with this. And I'm supposed to act like that song and dance never happened, right? I mean, I know NJ makes reference to it, but and right when I see Luchasaurus show up, and I'm like, you're like, you're right, dude. Like, we're supposed to believe that he's interested in these two guys' issues when he should hate both of them, right? And wanted to see them kill each other or whatever. So, just lame. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I didn't hate it as much as you did because I did think that there were some cute aspects of the Trump and, and Biden. You know, when Tony Schiavone tells Jericho to shut up, like that's Biden yelling at Trump and telling him to shut up. So I, I liked the little <laughs> pop culture stuff there. But overall, like I, I it was in the middle for me. I didn't like it or dislike it. But I, I mean, if someone said that they didn't like, you know. Our, our buddy Larry Caution, who usually agrees with you, actually liked the Jericho and MJF thing from last week. So yeah, I saw that. I he, saw he, that. So and he's almost like every, every time he's like putting you over all the time. I'm like man, loves John, and then he disagreed with you. So I kind of I kind of got a kick out of that one. Yeah, that's great. No, that's, 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 <laughs> that's good to hear. And um, a little disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want I just wanted to pop Larry in case he's listening. Uh, okay, so that's going to be it from here. We will be back on Monday with our WCW Saturday Night Review. And we'll also shoot the stuff a little bit about that Halloween Havoc show since it's being built up so tremendously well. And then we actually got to the show. So um, we'll talk about that on the next show. Just one one quick mention is uh, I talked to my buddy BJ Cruz the other day, did a little bit of an interview, getting back to the creative uh, the content creator series that I'm doing. So I'll do more interviews during the week. We're, we're going to go back to two or three shows a week. We were going crazy with the G1 with, uh, you know, with our buddy Justin and, and Carlos, and they were doing so much stuff. But we're pulling back now, and we'll, we're going to go back to two or three shows a week. So you and I have two shows, and then on the shows that I can actually do interviews, uh, I'll splice those in in the middle of the week. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that kind of schedule. And, you know... At some point, Karate Kid series is coming. Chris and I have to figure out a time. You know, we're kind of doing our studying studying right now, but that'll be in this feed as well. But uh, but yeah, so just uh, just keep checking out the feed and make sure you're up to date on what we're doing. You can go to fightgamemedia.com. and of course we have our fight game podcast Facebook group where you know that that's 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 the group that we tell stuff first. Like we're 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 a really tight knit group. So if you want to know about this podcast, check out that group. And then of course I never ask for this stuff, but you know once in a while. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and you want to drop us a review, we actually have a, a fairly decent amount of reviews up. I would love to get to that magic 100 number. So if you haven't left us a review and you <clears throat> you have the, you know, the the a minute and a half that it takes to do it, like drop it, you know, drop drop a review for us, we would be 100% grateful. It helps, you know, it helps in the algorithms and all the stuff that Apple podcast sorts to make sure that your people are listening to content uh, that they want to listen to. So anyway, so for John, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out.